This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to all you lovely alpaca people. As the temperatures adjust to it definitely being autumn, it's the perfect time to check you have enough layers and preferably have some alpaca products to help you through the fall and back towards spring. Oh yes, via winter. But we don't need to talk about that just now. My alpacas are looking a lot more fluffy and well covered. And I can see some fleece building around the eyes and fringes of the youngsters, so maybe a little trim will be needed soon. What are your favourite alpaca warmers for the winter? Hat? Gloves? Scarf? Socks? Or even a sweater? Drop me a line and let me know. I'll pick out a random winner from your messages. And you'll get a mention. I'm sorry, card supply, free pair of socks. But you will get a mention in the next episode. That's steve at alpacatribe.com Or send me a voice message on the website, as usual. If you're enjoying the podcast, and I hope you are, please do me a favour and share it with someone else. And if you want to leave a review in your podcast listening app of choice, that would be really nice too. So this week we are welcoming Katie Lorenz of Campo Alpaca. Hi Katie, it's good to have you with us. Good to be here, thanks. Now we're going to get to all the good stuff about Peru and the products and Campo Alpaca and all that. But first, let me ask you, when did you meet your first alpaca and how did it make you feel? <laughs> I met my first alpaca in Cusco in Peru. Oh, what a place. I know. Yeah. So amazing. Such an amazing place. We were actually like driving outside of Cusco and we came across an alpaca farm and they were just like right up next to the road. Oh my gosh. So cute. So adorable. And of course, the Farmers were like, yeah, come pet them. They're very friendly and so just like fluffy. And they just had babies. So I actually met a baby alpaca was my first one. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. what, what, an intro, what an introduction, both to alpacas and what a place to be introduced to alpacas as well. So that's, yeah. that's fantastic. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, what was life like before you did your trip to Peru? What were you up to? Yeah, so... Let's see. Uh, I'm originally from the suburbs of Chicago. I currently live in the city of Chicago now after bouncing around multiple places in North and South America. Um, my d normal day job is a management consultant. So I work with businesses on like their marketing, customer experience, um, all of this for like the last eight years or so. Um, I first got acquainted to alpacas. My story I just told was in 2014 when I went down to Peru and did a solo trip around the country for about two months. Two months. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it's a good it was, way to get because a two day or a two week even is not quite enough to get a flavor, proper flavor. No, never enough. Never enough. Um, after that trip, I lived in South America and Chile for two years but I just kept going back to Peru and I kept coming back to alpacas and I'm like, there's something here. So about three years ago is when I started to pursue this alpaca focused business, which is now Camp Alpaca. So we've been doing it for three years now. Right. Excellent. So the, the trip out 
was the first, I mean, there's the first kind of just spending your time exploring and going around all over the place. But the three years ago, when you first started to to pursue the thing, did did you have connections there already or did you make them, did go out and make them? I went out and made, made them. So I had a th- another three-week trip to Peru planned and I had no plans. It was basically just me going around and trying to find my people to collaborate with. Originally, I thought, oh, I can find them on Google. No, not really. (laughs) So (laughs) it was a lot of wandering streets and talking to people and connections of connections and friends of friends. Um, But yeah, I got really lucky. I I found folks that I've been working with for the last three years. I'd say relatively quickly, like during my first trip, purely out of luck. (laughs) Yeah. Just being in the right place at the right time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's really good. Um, So... You've got strong connections with the university, mm-hmm. um, and because I know some of the, the products which we'll come on to later have also got the the, the branding not just of um, of your business but also Wisconsin. Yes, and and we we have badgers in the mix as well. <laughs> yes, the Wisconsin Badgers. That is my the, university. I went to the University of Wisconsin Madison. Graduated back in 2012. Um, we love our, our colleges here and our college sports. Yeah. So although I've been out of university for eight years, I'm a diehard Badger fan. Um, and it was part of the the genesis of Compo. When I was wandering around Peru, came across alpaca, fell in love with alpaca fiber. Um, me being a crazy Badger fan was like, I just want to find this in red and white so I can wear it to the Badger games. That was, <laughs> that was the original plan. <laughs> so that's where the Wisconsin line came from. Um, which was very interesting down in Peru, like giving them these designs and they're like, what is Wisconsin? Who is Wisconsin? (laughs) Why are we putting this on a sweater? (laughs) And then explaining to them what a badger was too, is also pretty funny. (laughs) Yes. I can imagine. (laughs) Oh, amazing. So you go to Peru, you meet some people, um, they were connections and now they've become partners that you're working with. Um, and I know from uh, the details on the website, there's a, a, a number of people doing different things. Um, so where did the name come from, first of all, for the, the name for the business? Yeah, so Campo is Cambio and Positivo, shortened and combined, which means positive change in Spanish. We're a, a social good company or a social impact company. So while we're for profit, uh, the main purpose of starting the company was to create employment opportunities um, and be able to help smaller communities and artisan groups around Peru. We're not quite sure <laughs> where where the gaps are going to fall, but just in case anybody needs to understand what the noise in the background is that we're not doing anything about, it's a dog. So um, <laughs> now that you know what the noise is, you can relax. So we'll just carry on talking. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just see what happens just... in terms. Of, that's fine, and I'll, I'll see what happens with the the editing. It's it's a nice little extra. Most people like dogs as well as alpacas, so that's fine. <laughs> um, so the emphasis on products made ethically and fairly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, a, it was an article I read which was talking about the triple bottom line, which I thought was a lovely way of putting it. Yeah, it's not just the finance, but obviously that's important because it's a business but also the other aspects of the, the social aspects and, and the ecological aspects. Correct. That, I mean, that's, that's quite, a, quite an undertaking. Do you find that it's working 
that the, all those bits come together and people understand where you're coming from? They do. Um, fair trade has been a long time coming. So most people know it started off with food and fair trade mm. coffee and all of that. Um, now it's definitely more in consumer goods like apparel. The employment part and like the good working conditions, I feel like everyone understands that and they get behind that. There, It's still a bit of a, a curve. We do a lot of like research and stuff and everyone says that they care about fair trade, but the amount of people that actually purchase based on those values is still like up and coming. I would say my whole like thought process and reason why I'm passionate about it is I've worked for a lot of different retailers as a consultant and a lot of them don't pay attention to where their products come from or turn the blind eye. And to me, it's just not acceptable. And I don't think we should get a gold star for being fair trade. It would just the goal would be everyone would operate this way, paying attention to where their products came from, who their suppliers are, and what's happening at the beginning of the supply chain. It's interesting isn't it? because it, it starts with a, I don't know where it comes from originally, but there's an idea, there's a something, it, it's here, it's there, but very low key, very small. And then something happens in society generally, and it gets picked up, it starts to be become something. So I'm not sure how it is in, in the US, but, but in the UK, that buying locally mm-hmm. and supporting local businesses has become a, a much bigger thing. So people are, are asking the question now, how many miles has it traveled to get to me? So yes. let, can I buy this same thing, but buy it locally? That's a better thing. I prefer to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'll pay a little bit more to do that as well. So where people can... They're making the, those choices, and I think being able to give them the opportunity to to make informed choices is, is really important. So part of your 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 work as well, of course, is is selling the products, but also educating people. Yes, well, there's a large education about um, social impact companies first running like a social impact or a triple bottom line business, but in the U.S. especially, the the biggest education is actually about alpaca fiber. It's not a well known material. Um, it's like cashmere, obviously, and merino wool are, are everywhere in the United States, but alpaca fiber, not so much. So that's actually been a large part of our education. Um, and it's always so fun when people like try on our product for the first time or like feel the alpaca fiber for the first time. Just like the reaction to it is just great. Oh, I can imagine. Because yeah. <laughs> we, we, we get that when we have people visit the farm here and when people feel the fleece either on the animal or, or, or the, when, it, when they've been sheared or one of the, some of the products and things, they, they, oh, oh, and it's just, there is nothing like it. I, I, no. I know I'm biased and I'm sure you are biased as a, a bit as well, but there is, I think, nothing like it. So it's, it's an amazing material. Yeah. yeah. And it's really interesting going back to, to the source as it were in South America to Peru and finding people who are working with the animals and with the material that they're producing the, the the product being the fiber and the natural dyes and all that kind of stuff as well, which which people are getting involved with. So you you got a range of products. What 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 do you cover? Man, most things warm and fuzzy. So sweaters, <laughs> <laughs> sweaters, hoodies, blankets, mittens. Oh no no no! We need to come back to the hoodies. Yeah. That is amazing. I saw that on online. I thought, oh, um, <laughs> excuse me, you can't do that. You can't make a hoodie. This is a knitted hoodie. How how do you do that? That's very clever. Um, And they look amazing. And I can imagine it being really nice to wear as well, especially for a Badgers game. Um, But yeah, keep your ears warm. But yeah, no, there's there's a lovely range of of things you're doing. And I I love the patterns and the the colors. And obviously there's the red and white for the uh, the Wisconsin connection. This year when we expanded our product line, 
um, which of course was before I knew about COVID-19, but we'll still be fine. It was actually not in the Wisconsin stuff that we expanded. It was the non-branded. So now it's like non-branded, just like honoring the alpaca fiber, great colors, but like sweaters, cardigans, hoodies, expanding that, like we call it the Campo Classico line. And that's right. our non non Wisconsin branded non collegiate. And the hats, I mean, the hats, hats look great. Yeah, I, I I I love the look of those kind of hats anyway. But particularly, I can I can feel the 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 warmth. But as we know, it's not just keeping you warm; it actually adjusts for the temperature. Yes. That you're in. So so during other times when it's not quite as cold, <laughs> and if you've got something that is super warm, you're going to be overheating. Um, it doesn't. It seems to breathe naturally and just kind of ad- adjusts the temperature. Yeah, I've heard people use the phrase thermoregulating, which sounds yeah. like a, a whole mouthful, but it, it really does. That was my attraction to it. So I, I run really warm. And so I almost never wear sweaters because like as soon as I'd go inside, then I'm like dying. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I wore an alpaca sweater like up the Inca Trail and well, Salkantai trek, but we literally had to cross snow covered mountains and I'm wearing the sweater and then it switches to like nicer weather outside and I'm still wearing the sweater and it really does adjust with you. Mm. And I just love that. It's like so lightweight too. It's great. It's really great. Like that's the only types of sweaters that I'll wear is alpaca, which sounds very prissy. <laughs> oh, but... You've been, you've been spoiled now, haven't you? I know. Having, yeah. Having tasted <laughs> or experienced the, yeah. So the, the different products, are they made by different people, different places? Yeah. So all of our sweaters and hoodies are made um, in a place called Callao in Lima. Um, there's this awesome women, woman, Milagros, and she runs her own small company. And so she is our, our main partner. She does all of those types of products. She consolidates our, our packaging for us so we can just do like one shipment out of Peru. The beanies that you were talking about before mittens Mm. and headbands those are hand knit um outside of arequipa by a collective that man they like can knit so incredibly fast it's insane (laughs) um but they do like small projects for well whichever companies we can like send their way and then um on the inside of our sweaters actually this is like tracing it back to the very very beginning there's like a little wrist applique on there that are each unique Mm. And that's made in Aconcate, literally on top of a mountain by a woman named Elena, who has um, about 60 alpacas. Right. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I, I, I love the names and the individual connections with the, the things. And I think that, that improves the, the value almost of the, of the products people are buying. Yeah. That there's, there's, a, there's a somebody. There's a somebody behind this. This isn't, a, this isn't just a, a factory. Yeah. Kind of produce thing. This is this is a somebody who lives in a different country with a different kind of society background, experience, and culture, and they've put love and attention to detail into the work that they're producing, which has now arrived in a box. I, oh, did it did it arrive? I know you were waiting on a delivery. Is it is it arrived yet? Ah, uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. It'll be here on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. There you go. So there's more we to come. Stuck, okay. We got stuck in customs in Peru, and then we got uh, stuck in customs in Miami, and it's uh, been a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Tuesday, Tuesday, there we go. Yes. And we'll come back to how people can access things, but it's there's lots of good stuff on the website, and we'll have the links for that yeah. in the show notes so people can find that. But um, yeah, no, that, that personal connection and the different groupings of people that 
what what difference do you think it makes for those individuals being involved in something like this? Well, the reason why I, I like I met a whole bunch of people down in Peru. What I learned really quickly in my first research trip is that there is a huge amount of this type of workforce that is currently underutilized or not able to find like this type of work. And um, one of the main benefits of it is it's flexible work. And so, for example, the ladies that knit all of our headbands and beanies, they all have kids and they obviously need to like watch their kids. And so they meet once a week. They learn the patterns. They pick up the yarn. They say how many they want to make. And then they can go knit from home or anywhere, which allows them to take care of their family while making income versus their other options would be generally agricultural, which they can't take their kids and it's like hard labor out in a field. So yeah. one is definitely a lot better than the other. Plus, it's great. They have this community that they get together. So, I mean, when they get together, it's like they learn all the patterns and everything like that. But it's also just like a, a update. Everyone's just chatting about their families and seeing like what's the latest news in the community. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's really cool. Yeah. And we're working with like smaller businesses and artisan groups. So it, it's it's definitely a lot different than like just sending it off to some factory somewhere where eh, it's just eh, yeah. you don't make as much of an impact on the community. So I actually had a lot of different options of people to work with. And the leaders that we chose to work with are like dedicated to their community. They're giving back. They're helping everybody out. And so they're just really, really awesome people. Yeah, that's great to hear. It's great that you've been able to make connections into that. and. Obviously, there's the individuals, then there's the the kind of the groups and the the collectives. Um, yeah. And there are there are some not-for-profit organizations as well involved in the mix that you're working with. Yeah. So the not-for-profit, um, they're not involved in making the products, no. but I ran into them while we were in Cusco, and they just had like such a great mission. Um, they work with um, small or young girls who are going into high school, basically, who are living in poverty. And without their help, wouldn't be able to complete their education. And so this organization pays for their school expenses. They have an after-school program to help them with their studies. And then they also have a psychologist that's working with them on a regular basis on like goal setting and like how to change their current path. Because mm. too often what happens down in Peru is like the families put all of their money on the firstborn son. And then the girls are just expected to work and be part of whatever the family is into, and there's not really a way out for them. Mm. So that's what this organization focuses yeah, on. So creating opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's, that's really good. One of the other products, I think, w w was blankets. And yeah. there was, uh, and I think it might have been the, what was I looking at? Was it the scarves as well? Looked like they were woven. Um, so so, so yes. as well as the knitting side of things, uh, which I still stand back in amazement, when I see things and think, how did you, how did you do that? That's just very clever stuff. Um, all all yeah. done by hand. So other things that are done with, with the weaving, and is that, is that done in a, on a small scale as well? Yes. Yes. Um, the woven items are made by this group called Ani Art. Um, the main leader of this lives in Cusco, but she is from like the smaller villages way outside of Cusco. And so what she's done over the years is created like small workforces in these various villages. And then she sends the work out to them. And they're the ones with the big looms and right. everything that hand weave all of like the scarves and the 
blankets or whatever it is that we want to do from that perspective. Mm. I've seen little video clips and things here and there of of weaving yeah. the traditional and, and sort of sat on the ground and doing things. It sounds like it might be slightly larger scale, but but the the ability to to learn the the craft and then pass it down the generations to be able to pass it on to somebody else um, and teach them the patterns, teach them the, 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 the skills. I think is, it's a, one of those things, it, there's a tendency to, for people to move towards the cities and, uh, and, and away from those things. And you, you tend to lose things along the way and, and these, nat- yeah. these kind of craft um, skills. Cause it's, when we talk about craft, um, certainly in the UK and probably in the US, it's you know it's, it's doing little things around the kitchen table. Um, we're not talking we're not talking <laughs> about that. This is this is amazing artisan workers who are producing incredible, beautiful, handmade and 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 very good quality material. It's just so good that 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 is being held onto and developed rather than just being lost. Um, so yeah, they're they're really good about that. The folks that I told you that made the appliques, Elena and that group. Mm. So. Um, it's Helena, it's Juanita, and then her daughter. And the daughter, they've actually like kind of done both. So she learns all the patterns. She knows how to weave these amazing um, patterns and like it's it's art really. Um, but then she's also like went the other direction too. Like she's gone to Cusco. She's getting her accounting degree so that way she can come back and work with her mom and like expand their business because she also understands like the back end, which yeah. is really cool. Um, that's another great thing about Peru too. Their native language, Quechua, mm. they still teach it in schools. They haven't stopped. It actually Excellent. has been expanded yeah. into more schools as opposed to just like letting it go, which I thought was really cool. Mm. Yeah. No, oh, that's, that's so good to hear. Where are things going from here? Or have you got other other things that you're wanting to do that you can't quite yet, <laughs> for, for <laughs> either for COVID reasons or or whatever? But are there are there plans to expand and do do some other things as well? Yeah, the biggest thing right now is I mentioned before, like the alpaca fiber learning curve. Mm. I'm just trying a whole bunch of different things, marketing and like online, because what I'm running into right now is we do so well when people can like try the product and feel it. And like, as soon as they do that, it sells itself, but you can't reach out into the computer. Oh, not yet. Perhaps one day. (laughs) (laughs) So trying to come up with different ways of how do we communicate how awesome this stuff is to our customers will help us expand. Definitely. One of the cool things we did get to expand into, and you mentioned it before was like um, Peru gets into like natural dyeing of yarn Mm. So a friend of mine has a really cool company down in Peru called Pinchinku, and she works with a bunch of women and they naturally dye knitting yarn and then she sells it all around the world. So we've purchased two different blends of her alpaca fiber yarn that's been all like naturally dyed. So like insects, flowers, plants, et cetera. The clever stuff. And so we're going to be selling those too which will be really exciting. Yeah. We run into a lot of knitters and they keep asking for alpaca yarn. So now we'll finally have yeah. it. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Yeah. So I would love to expand like into other types of products and stuff. I do think that alpaca could do really well. It's just going to take time to get people to get latched onto it. But once we like rope somebody in as a customer, they almost always back. come back for yeah. like something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's very good. And and obviously your your background in terms of marketing is is really helpful. And then there's there's also yes. the interns that you've got. You know, you've got a bunch of people working for you, which is really great. Yeah. T- tell us about the interns, how that works. Yeah. So um, I mentioned I went to the University of Wisconsin, Madison. So I have great ties with the university. And so I have currently six Badger students who are working for me on various marketing and sales topics within Compo. So they run all of our social media accounts, got a bunch of them working on emails on a regular basis. I actually have two really great videography interns at the moment. And so they're stoked to get all of our new products and like start taking videos and photos of it. Obviously, that's my area is like marketing and entrepreneurship. And I do love coaching and managing people. And so we give them a really cool experience. They learn some new stuff. And then obviously, they add a whole bunch of value to Compo. So I've been working with interns since like May of 2018, quite a while. It's a really cool experience and they've all been so great and really helpful. Mm, that's really good. So there's a, there's a I, I'm picking up a, <laughs> a thread here or a, um, a pattern. I, I'm not, I'm trying to avoid making a pun that wasn't in, neither of those were intended anyway, but there's something, there, there's something here that's that you helping people develop, helping skills be continued and and grown is obviously something that you you're passionate about that you've you're involved in uh, and do wherever you go whatever you're up to so that's great so uh, yeah plans to go back to peru do you do you manage to get back again it's tricky at the moment isn't it oh yeah i was lucky enough that i was in peru literally right before the lockdown and i just got out i think i made it by like a week right <laughs> um I actually had a friend get stuck down there in Peru, um, (laughs) which would have been tough. But I mean, we all have people down there who take really good care of us. So anyway, I was there just at the end of February to like lock in all of our 2020 designs and our orders. Mm. So I mean, I don't I would love to go back. Usually I do two trips a year, but given the state of things, probably won't be this year. Yeah, It's a bit difficult to to plan things and be be nowhere we are. I don't don't think, at least from where I'm at in the United States, no other country wants us to come there anyways at the moment. (laughs) I think generally staying away from everybody at the moment is is the... That's the idea, yes. Just just me and the dog, that's it. We'll we'll move, yeah, we'll move move to a a better place, I'm sure. Yes. So now then, where can people find you? Uh, What's the best place to get information and where can they buy the products that you have? Yeah, on our website. So www.compoalpaca.com. That's where we sell everything and we just ship it to you. I will say it's a bit slower right now because of COVID, but it still seems to be making it pretty, pretty decent pace. Excellent. And do you go as far as the UK? Yeah, we actually just... With shipping, yeah. Yeah, we actually just opened it up. So we've had a few folks from other countries that were asking for it. And previously I was just US, but now... Put in your address. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Good to hear. To read more about the work that you're doing with uh, with the women down in, in Peru, the website's a good place for that as well. But do, do you have other social media presence as well? Yep. Where, where people find you? We're on Instagram and Facebook. Those are our two main ones. If you're looking for more of like the stories, um, we post a lot of blog posts that kind of walk through who we're working with their background stories, what um, what their current situation is like and like working with them. But yeah, Instagram and Facebook, we're posting on a regular basis. So if you're looking for cute alpaca pictures or <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to check out some of our products, that'd be the best place. Excellent. That's good. 
Yeah, and all those links will be made available in the show notes so people can oh, great. follow those trials to, to, to get to you. So that'd be great. Well done for, for what you're doing and may you continue to be successful and grow into those areas that you'd like to. Thank you. And we've, we'll get through these challenges. Yes. And it's always nice to get through a challenge with something alpaca. Yes, it is. On on your back or around your neck or whatever. A lot cozier. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There we go. So thanks ever so much, Katie. Really appreciate your time and uh, hearing something of your story and your journey. Obviously not finished yet. Still got lots to do. Yes, we do. And places places to go, which is great. So we'll we'll perhaps check in with you sometime again in the future and just see how things are going. But uh, thanks very much for being with us. Great. Appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. It was great chatting with you. Wonderful. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Katie. Thanks for being here and... Remember, if you like the podcast, you can do something for me by sharing it with someone else. And if you'd like to leave a review in your podcast listening app, that would be great too. If you get stuck, I've put a link in the show notes, which takes you to podchaser.com, which is a great place to find and rate podcasts. Have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Stay safe. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.